An introduction to chit-chat and bickering. It's the Crass Podcast. That was a haiku, by the way, Paul. Right. Why don't Why don't you do a haiku for one of your videos, eh, Barsons? So, I'm George Walsh. <laughs> and with me is Paul Austin. It's the Crass Podcast. So, we've got a season finale for you today, listeners. Uh... I think this is why Paul does the introductions and not me, because I'm just not out <laughs> Yes, listeners, we've got a season finale for you today, and uh, hopefully we've got some fun stuff planned. I certainly have. What about you, George? Uh, I've got nothing, really. I've been struggling <laughs> this week. Uh... It's all right. Well, it doesn't matter. Who cares? We'll pull something out of the bag. Um, so, obviously, I mean, I should start with the last uh, Paul's Question Time of the series. Play that jingle. Paul's Question Time. Paul's question time. George. Yes. Paul's question time. What's the saddest thing you've ever done? Now, I don't, I mean, when I say saddest, I mean, like, what's the most pathetic thing you've ever done? Right. Um, oh, this, every oh, day is Do you know a... what we should do? We should have a, we should have a, do you know what we should have? We should have a George is thinking about Paul's question time jingle. <laughs> don't say that because I'll have to do one then. George is thinking about Paul's question time. Something like that. There's just there's <laughs> the thing is my everyday life is a catalogue of tragedy. So I <laughs> trying to single one out is is very <laughs> difficult. I've got the phone numbers of most of the phone boxes in Manchester Town Centre on my phone. <laughs> um that's quite sad, isn't it? What are you hoping to do with those? I don't know. Just you know, it might I don't know when my life might turn into a Clint Eastwood film and I've got to ring the phone boxes and go around so just in following the trail. Increasingly like obsolete. So, oh, fuck off, phone boxes Increasingly less likely to happen. Well, your battery goes. You you live in the arse end of no, nowhere. No, no, no. I'm just saying you're be... not likely to need them in an emergency. I know that, but it's not like you're not likely to end up in a Clint Eastwood film, are you? No, but I have used phone boxes because my battery's gone flat and... Or there's been no signal, so I think. Right. And I live in a, a hustling, bustling metropolitan city like Manchester, whereas where you are, you you can't even appreciate it, and you've got nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's no. No, the thing is, though, we haven't got any working phone boxes anymore because they've all been t- turned into like twee little lo- lending libraries. Ah, uh, you see up up here, they all work, but they all stink of piss, so it's yeah. sort of a compromise. <laughs> Do you want to know what I think the saddest thing I've ever done is? Uh, yeah, go on. And it's, I, I, I mean, this is, I'm, it's the saddest thing I've ever done that I'm willing to admit on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> in high school, uh, all my friends, I had a friends group that was made up of about three boys and three girls, right? Yeah. And the three boys, including me, by the way. And two of the boys went out with two of the girls and then they all started saying, oh, you two, you two, talking about me and the remaining girl, oh, you should you should go out with each other, that'll be fun. And I, t- I don't think either of us really wanted to, but we did it anyway. Yeah. We went out for about two weeks, I think. It feels like it was about two weeks. Uh, and then we both sort of realised, I think we kissed once, 
always slightly reluctant to hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> this was in like year nine, by the way. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, if it was year uh, 11, you know, I'd have been right on it. <laughs> and anyway, so uh, after two weeks, she sort of realized, oh, this is shit. This is, and she, she dumped me. And um, I wasn't really, I wasn't sad at all, to be honest, because like, I didn't want to go out really in the first yeah. place. Didn't really fancy her. She was nice. She's nice. She's a nice girl. Like she's doing well. She know if she's listening to this, she knows who she is. Um, <laughs> but I felt like at the time, oh, I probably should seem a bit sad. So for one uh, afternoon, I just pretended to be really sad in like that sort of teenage mopey way where I just sort of sat in the corridor with my head in my lap. Yeah. Like, and everyone was patting me on the back. Oh, Paul's really upset about this. Paul's really, oh, he's really upset. It wasn't. I was just thinking about what I was going to have for me tea. Like, <laughs> oh, maybe play a bit of Nazi zombies when I go home. <laughs> so uh, that's maybe the saddest thing I can think of that I'm willing to admit on the podcast. The question here is who's sadder? You. Oh, yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Sorry, did you I'm mean not... out of me and the girl? No, I mean out of I meant out of me and you for the okay, two things right. described. I think sitting there going, oh, oh, I'm pretending to be sad, oh, egg and chips later. I think that's worse than noting down a few phone box numbers. But there we go. Yeah, Dep- well, it depends, know, doesn't that. it? Depends. Listeners, email in. Yeah. Which who is sadder, me or George? Crasspodcast at gmail dot com. Speaking of uh, correspondence, oh, we've had another email. Oh, brilliant! Okay, the subject: never again. Oh, dear Crass Podcast, I don't okay. know how you got my number, and frankly, I do not care. I will never ah. contact yourselves or your podcast again. Please ensure you do the same for me, or I will be forced to take legal action. Yours sincerely, oh. and then a name. Okay. They've used the name right. this time, so they mean business. Okay. Um, right, I think I know what this is about, George. Um, well, yeah, you should. I don't want you to overreact. don't need to overreact, but uh, you remember that listener. Who, yeah. is the, I'm presuming that's the same listener who emailed in a few weeks ago. Yes. Okay, yeah, I, don't, you know, I presume. Um, well, do you remember I said my uncle was a private dick? Yeah. Is he a sex machine to all the chicks... <laughs> of course. Well, I managed to get him to get this guy's phone number. His name's Dan, by the way, this guy. His name's Dan. I'm not afraid of putting it out there. I do say it. Anyway, uh, so I gave him a ring to try and get him to sort of, you know, explain himself. Uh, and this is what happened. Hello? Hi, is this Dan? Speaking. Yeah, this is uh, this is Paul from the Crass Podcast. Oh. Um, oh. Hello. Hi. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you can guess why I'm ringing. Uh, yeah. I really, I just wanted to explain yourself, really, because those emails I... you sent they really upset me. Like, I don't know if you heard, but I was livid. Yeah, I um. So, what's your explanation? Um. I'm really sorry about that. I know it's, there's no excuse for the, the things I said. It's I was going through a really rough time. I mean, um, I, I did try and email in, obviously, but uh, 
I, I totally understand that you, uh, you're busy, you've got other things going on, so it might have fallen through the cracks, but uh, I, I recently over, overcame an addiction to, to alcohol and to... Oh, you got an addiction to alcohol? Yes. That's fair enough, I mean... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry I sent you those emails. I'm sorry, I've got an addiction. That's what you... That's you, that is. Exp- I've got an addiction. Twat. I'm very sorry, sir. Do you want to... Right, no, I just... I don't accept your apology. Do it better. Do a better apology. Do a better... Do a, do a better apology. Yeah, do it better. How, do, how does one do a... A better apology. I do a better apology. Just, I don't get it. I don't get it. What is it about me that you don't like? What is it? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, let those things get. No, 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 no. I'm asking you. Look, listen to me. I'm asking you a question here, mate. Dan, Dan, idiot, stupid name. Dan, what, what is it you dislike about me? What is it you hate about me so much? You had to email in. I mean. Just set yourself up for a fool a lot. Oh, fuck um, off, mate. See, that's not a saying. That is not a saying. It, it's not much a saying. It's not a saying. Um, you fucking twat. Um, what is he... Why, why, why do you like George so much? Have you heard his voice? He's an idiot. I mean, that's, that's just unnecessary. I mean... I mean he, he puts in a lot of effort. He, yeah, whatever. he makes all the jingles. Yeah, but... The I could do that. Like, you have to be your friend. Why are you being so hurtful to him? I mean, I just... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be hurtful. You've set him... Do you know what? You've, this is your fault. You've put me... You've set me up against him. This is, it's you who's done this. I mean... I, I mean, I, I could do the jingle. I could do the jingles. I could do the jingles just as well. You heard my lyrics to me, th- the theme song. They were great. Just as good as anything George comes up with. I disagree. Oh, fuck off then. Fuck. Oh, do you know what? You, 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 I hope you die. Okay, you know what? I was, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to apologise. But those kind of threats, those kind oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah, go on. Line, go on, run away. Run day, away. Sir. Oh, he's good running day. away, listeners. He's running away. Ha, I won. So, I mean. I mean, you can see he kind of. He was totally unreasonable, George. He was completely unreasonable. Oh yeah, he was unreasonable. Yeah. I went in. I went in positively, just looking for an explanation, and he totally fucked me over. I can't. This is um, but... right. I, I. This is going to take some time for me to process. So, just let's continue with the podcast, and you will be bollocked off air later. Right. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and, George. Uh, uh, apologies. Make an apology now to Dan. I'm sorry, Dan. Louder. Sorry, Dan. And on behalf of Paul and the Crass Podcast, I also apologise, Dan. You're just enjoying the show. You don't deserve uh, that kind of harassment, and trust me, he will be disciplined after the show. Ooh, Doctor. So, as anybody who's kept an eye on television lately knows, the reboot uh, has become quite a popular thing. Mm. 
Okay, now is that it? Full steam ahead. <laughs> yeah, what else am I supposed to say? Mm. Yeah, it has. Great. Well done. Well right. observed, George. And the rumour mill has it that... Is that the... F- That's not the phrase, is it? I don't want to be corrected. Um, <laughs> well, the rumour mill is a phrase. And rumour has it is a phrase, but the rumour mill yeah. has it isn't, is it? <laughs> It's all right. It's all that. It's fine. I'll, right. I'll let you off this time. That's good of you, isn't it? <laughs> right. Rumour has it... There, I'll just say rumour has it. Rumour has it <laughs> that there is a Frasier reboot in the works, that Kelsey mm. Grammer's going around pitching possible uh, Frasier reboot ideas. And I just... This fills me with dread, really, as a fan of Frasier. Uh I just think so much can go wrong. I mean, have you? Are you into Frasier? Have you seen Frasier? Um, I think I, I watched one episode. I think about ten years ago, and I didn't. <laughs> I thought it was all right. Okay, but think of a a much beloved program then that's not been on the air for over oh, a bargain decade. hunt, and then they they bring it back. Oh now. no! Okay, it's not been on for over a decade. <sighs> yeah, two thousand four. It's not actually it's kind of hard to think. Prime Evil. It's not quite a decade, but. Primeval. <laughs> How would you feel though about about them bringing back Primeval? As long as uh, Hannah from S Club's involved, I'm, I'm good. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, for me with Fraser, I love okay, Fraser. right. I'm trying to think of a genuine example. It's actually quite hard because everything has been brought back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually hard to come up with something that's not that has that's been off the air for ages and that hasn't come back. Yeah. In some form. Mm. Um, how do I feel if they brought back... Because also, it's specifically, you've talked to me a bit about this in the week. Yes. But it's not quite just a show that has been off has been off air for ages. It's also a show that, apparently, according to George, has a really good ending. Yes, the finale is absolutely brilliant. And I think if you, if you bring a new series, it's obviously going to then... Retro, retroactively, retrospectively, yeah. one of the both of those retroactively. No, it's cover. retroactively. He's, he's it's really worried re- now. Let's it's just... gonna, <laughs> I, it's gonna have an effect. There we go. Fuck it. It's gonna have an effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On how I see the finale because I'll think, well, that's not actually how it ends because in fourteen years' time, X, Y, Z, you know, and I just. Oh, I know. I've got an example. Okay, it's not quite the same, but you know, the new that that the, the Harry Potter play. Yeah, where like Voldemort as a kid, yeah, sort of completely. You know, you know, you can't read the old ones anymore without thinking, oh yeah, this this guy who wants to be immortal and hates the idea of anyone outliving him, he's gonna have a kid, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, that's a, again, this is two things. Right, I'm going on about Harry Potter, which George doesn't doesn't understand, and, and George's going, going on about, about Frasier that I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> well, it's okay. Frasier is a brilliant, brilliant show, and it's very different to Cheers, from which it's. It span off. But Cheers is also a brilliant show, and the writing was quite brilliant on both, and there was consistency throughout those two shows as being well-written. It's just a different sort of uh, situation for Frasier. Yeah. But I don't want them to do Frasier again sort of 15 years later. And I think not only that, how would you do it? Would you remake Frasier? Would this be like season 12 of Frasier, or would it be another spin-off? And Frasier, I mean, the next generation. You know, is Niles going to be in it, for example? John Mahoney, who played uh, Martin Crane, 
uh, the the dad of Fraser and Niles passed away about six months ago. So I, that mm. oh, that also, without his presence, I don't I don't want to see the show. Um, I, I mean, I love Kelsey Grammer, but as much as I like him, I must admit that I like him with blinkers on because I know a lot about his sort of just what he's like in real life and that's enough to really put you off him i listened to the <laughs> audiobook of his 1995 uh, autobiography so far and it was one of the worst books i've ever read slash listened to are we going to cover that on the podcast at some point in maybe the next i'd have to listen to it again and i don't really <laughs> fancy that but you know I don't want. I just worry that if he brings it back, it's gonna go down the Roseanne route. Because Kelsey Grammer's mm-hmm. a big Trump fan. He always posts stupid shit on Instagram. I don't want another Roseanne to happen. And the difference is, I didn't like Roseanne Barr. So when she, you know, mm-hmm. bollocks everything up for herself, I kind of thought, oh, good. But Kelsey <laughs> Grammer, I like. I want to still sort of like him. You know, yeah. Even though I, he's not a likable man, I just still sort of. You want to keep those well, blinkers is, on. The, the problem is, he is likable, but he shouldn't be. That's the thing. Yeah. And he's the other thing. No, I'm not going to get too deep into Kelsey Grammer's personal life. Really <laughs> we might cover it at some point. So anyway, listeners, you heard it here first. S- spread the word. No Fraser. No Fraser. No Fraser. Spread the word. I'm just howling into the void, aren't I? Here. What's the point. <laughs> Move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so, George, uh, kind of leading on from that, why don't you tell me what you've been watching this week? Tell me what you've been watching this week. You tell him you saw it on the um the telly. So, bit of admin first um right last saturday stuart lee's stand-up special content provider oh yeah aired on bbc2 and is on the iplayer catch up with that it was brilliant crash recommendation yep and also on film four uh the studio ghibli season has just oh yes so they're showing all of the studio ghibli films across the next month and a half is it ghibli or ghibli ghibli is it it's definitely ghibli yeah so I've not really been watching much uh, this week. Um, oh, okay. I've barely watched the thing I'm about to talk about, which is the <laughs> 1966 film Thunderbirds Argo. Brilliant. Have you seen this, Paul? I haven't, no. I've seen pretty much all of the actual series, but I've not seen either of the movies, Thunderbirds Argo and Thunderbirds 6. I've not yeah. watched either of those. Well, essentially, it's just a sort of 40-minute episode of Thunderbirds right. stretched over two hours. Oh. And it is that. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's two hours long. It's about that, maybe me. 90 minutes. It's basically stretched beyond yeah. it, the levels of yeah, uh, yeah. It coping with. I could word that a lot better, but I'm not going to. Uh, I didn't watch all of it, obviously. Just caught five minutes of it. I've always been a more of a Captain Scarlet fan, to be honest. Yeah. Even though I had two Tracy Islands when I was a kid. No but it's just rubbish, uh, the Thunderbirds film, because it's just really boring and really slow. <laughs> so it's the perfect thing to talk about <laughs> Well, I mean... The bit I I watched again was this bizarre dream sequence bit in the middle where Alan Tracy dreams that he's on a date with Lady Penelope at some sort of Mm. nightclub on the moon or something, (laughs) right? Right? 
And there's this bizarre interlude in the middle of this bizarre interlude in which Cliff Richard and the Shadows perform live in the club. Wow. And you've got a puppet Cliff Richards <laughs> singing. Oh Cliff Richards, I just say. <laughs> okay. You've got a puppet Cliff Richards singing yep. a song, a really weird song called Shooting Star. Right. Not to be confused with Earth, Wind and Fire's song Shining Star, which is mm. much better. But it's just it's just the yeah. idea of having Cliff Richard and the Shadows pop up because they're on Vogue because it's 1966. Yeah, Controver- controversial at the moment, isn't he, uh, Cliff well, Richards? He's, he's, I don't know if he's <laughs> controversial. I mean, I hate no. him. No, you're right. I think he's a tit. And, uh, <laughs> Do you know what, George? Do you know what, George? I'd love it if his house got raided again. <laughs> and the BBC were there. I hate him. I do. Yeah. He's I just a tit, isn't he? He's... <laughs> Afterwards, right, he said... Oh, yeah, head, he was he interviewed by some BBC roll. journalist. And he said, um, do you know, I'd rather I'd rather ten guilty people go away than one innocent person had to suffer through this. Oh, fuck. Are you fucking serious? Or something along those lines. I think I'm paraphrasing there. But he basically said that. What a knobhead. What a prick. I mean, he, I know he said, yeah, oh, what... I hope heads roll at the BBC. Yeah, fuck off. I just, yeah, maybe maybe this has run out of steam. Who knows? But he's going to be calling it a day after this one. Uh, but I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He should have been seen as this country's Elvis, really, shouldn't he? Even though he nicked it off Elvis, nicked his whole yeah. act off Elvis. But he blew it, didn't he, mm. by doing, like, novelty wines yeah. and novelty calendars. Ruined it. And novelty Christianity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's, no that's, Cliff Richards. No Cliff Richards. Is that the end of your? That's that bit. That's have you that... been watching? You been watching anything? No, no. I've, I've, we're actually really love. Thin- tell you what. Tell you what. Should we just do another Mister and Mrs. round of questions? <laughs> Why we did not? It, we did what it else have we got we could, to do? We could pass it off as tradition now. Yeah. Every finale. Every finale, we do a few Mister and Mrs. questions. Okay, Mister and Mrs. Be nice to each other. Right. Okay. I'll just, I'll just, we'll just go straight into it. Okay, first question. Oh, before you ask, listeners. before you ask, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put some music under it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. First question. If they had to take one thing to a desert island, what would it be? Listeners, George is. Sorry, I should be vamping. Listeners, George is still still writing his, even though I've long finished. He's been, I don't know what he's writing. It's, it's right, like a novel or something. I've got, got to come up with what you're going to have in your desk. You haven't even done... You've been writing yours for... Oh, my God. I just told you what mine Sorry. is. <laughs> Fuck me, I'll keep... I didn't hear it. I'll keep I'll keep vamping. Um, so he's now writing what I've got. He's not going to get it, because I, I, only, I only got these the other day. <laughs> they're just on my mind at the moment, and they're really nice. Um, well, that's slightly giving it away, isn't it? Um, but uh, it's a nice day here in here where I live. Um, it's been raining for the last few days. Um, oh fuck, this is really boring. I've got them. I've got them. I've got them. Brilliant. Okay, great. Okay, so do you want to say what yours is first? Well, no, I'm supposed to guess what yours is, aren't I? And then you tell me what yours was. And then you guess Ooh, what mine okay, was. It can be my, okay, okay, fine. Mine. It can be mine first then. It doesn't matter. Go either way. So, all right. <laughs> this is a farce. Right. <laughs> so, I've guessed that you would take a beach ball with a face drawn on it 
Um, no, I took it a bit more seriously than that. Oh, yeah. I actually went for... Um, I can't see if you can see this. Shit. My yellow boxers. <laughs> right, I've got these really nice pair of yellow boxers and they're really comfortable. Right, and uh, that's what I'd take. Because you'd want, you know, you'd want your, your undercrackers to be comfy, wouldn't you, on a desert island? Well, you're, if, it, if you're on a desert island, it's warm and there's no one else around. Do you need boxers? Oh, that's a good point. I like wearing boxers. I don't, like, I don't really like walking around naked sometimes. You know, sometimes you yeah. want to sling on a nice pair of boxers. Well, I mean, I'm just as reserved as the next man, but what I'm saying is if there's nobody there, it's not essential, is it, boxers? Well, fine, fine. I don't go, I've got your eye. Oh, I'm going to fucking lay into yours now. Right, so I reckon... I don't actually believe this is what you put, but uh, I've said the Lego DB5 he brought the other day. <laughs> Oh, I won't really. I really do want to take that with me. It would get all sandy, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably ruin it. Lose bits of it, and then that'd be it. Can't order a new one. Yeah. He bought this massive Lego Aston Martin DB5 just because it's James Bond themed. Yeah. It's smart, though. I'm chuffed it's with very it. Ni- it's very nice, yeah. I'm not, no, I'm not debating that. But what I actually said, and this is. I mean, I think this is within the rules. You'll argue it's not because you want a row. I've put. A big desk on top of which you've got a shortwave radio. In the first drawer, you've got a load of notebooks. In the second drawer, you've got a load of pens. And in the third drawer, you've got an unlimited supply of Jaffa cakes. That's what I'd take with me. Oh, fuck. This is... Shit. Do you know what, listeners? He's even told me this is what he would take in the past. I should have got that. I should have got that. Fuck. No So I guess neither of us get points there. Yeah. Yeah. Right, next question. What are you most likely to argue about? So, for this one, all we have to do is write one answer and reveal it at the same time. Right, what are we most likely to argue? How, how specific must the answer be? doesn't have to be that specific. I mean, right, we'll decide. Point. I mean, you know, it's, it's down to our own discretion. So just write whatever you think, and if we think we've got the same answer, we'll just say we have. I've written mine down already. I've got mine down. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Sayings. Semantics. Semantics. Yeah, we've pretty much got the same answer, I think. <laughs> Semantics probably <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we do. So we both get a point for that. It's nice, hey. isn't it, George? Yeah. Right, okay, next question. If you compared yourself to any celebrity couple, who would it be? So, we both just write down one answer again. So, me and you, celebrity couple. Yeah. Celebrity couple. <laughs> I'm gonna, right, I'm going to say couple, but I'm going to include double acts. Okay. I think. <laughs> Fuck, I've forgotten the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute, I've just got to search for the guy's name. You're going to hate this. Right, I've got it. <laughs> right, okay. So reveal at the same time. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Alan Carr and Justin Lee Collins. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah, yours is... <laughs> You've made us seem better than I have. Yeah, I meant... Right, so Simon and Garfunkel. I'm yeah. Paul Simon who writes all the songs and does all the hard work. Oh, you're Paul Simon. And you're Art Garfunkel who takes half the credit. <laughs> right. 
Why well, just I, I assume you'd be Alan that. Carr because of the glasses, and oh, I'd be Justin Lee Collins because I've got long hair. <laughs> it's worse to be Justin Lee Collins, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, and also, to be fair, I don't. Think I've just that... come out really bad, right? I've come out badly out of that both ends because you said I'm an Id- I'm an, I'm the idiot who wrote Bright Eyes, and I've <laughs> I've said I'm Justin Lee Collins. <laughs> to be fair, I've got this. I don't think that about us or Simon and Garfunkel. No, I don't know. <laughs> Next question. If your partner could have dinner with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Mm. Right, I'm going to write yours at the top. And mine at the bottom. Oh, mine. Oh, I don't know. Oh, fuck. Right, okay. I can't put that, because that's a joke from uh, the IT crowd. The uh, sitcom written by nobody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've got mine the same as yours, but I reckon you'll still say yes to mine. (laughs) Right, okay, let me rephrase that. I, I don't think for you... I don't think I'll have got the same one for you as you have for you. But I think you'll still say yes to my one for you. Right, okay. And I've gone for a reasonably obvious answer, but it might be wrong because of that. Okay, that's fine. Right, who who, who goes... goes, Shall I just say mine first? I'll I'll say for you. Okay. So I reckon you'd have dinner with David Bowie if you could, but I could be wrong. Oh, fuck. I said living or dead, didn't I? Yeah. But I'm going to change it. I'm going to say yes. No, I can't really change it, can I? No. But you've got I actually call Kathy Burke? <laughs> I said Kathy Burke, but um, I forgot the whole um, living or dead, dead part. Well, my, I mean, <sighs> not to spoil yours, but you've definitely got mine wrong because mine is is also not with us anymore. Okay. Right. I okay. Mine is yeah. I probably should have taken my chance with David Bowie, shouldn't I? Oh well. Kathy Burke. I like Kathy Burke. She's great. Although now I'd just be sitting there the whole time thinking, oh fuck, I could have been sitting here chatting to David Bowie. Oh fuck. I wouldn't enjoy it. I wouldn't enjoy it now. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined it. I've ruined it. Brilliant. Right, okay. Um, so for you, I put, because again, forgot the whole fucking living or dead part, I put Kate Bush. I very nearly wrote Kate Bush. Oh, it so was close. between Kate Bush and Sir Roger Moore. Quite revealing. Oh, yeah. Just just because the inner child for me would just be through the roof at Sir Roger Moore. Final question. Who is his stroke her? Okay, I can just say his. Who is his celebrity crush? Got too many. (laughs) Yeah, same. I'll do you first. Um, So I just put Kate Bush. Again. No, no, I went with Emma Stone. Emma Stone yeah. from The Birdman. Yes. Emma Stone more than Kate Bush. Yeah. I. Th- I th- All right. Okay. Who would you put for me then? Uh, I I wrote Christina Hendricks for you. It's a match. <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> Paul added a little drawing to his. Uh, Right, that's that bit. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Be nice to each other. 
you know the drill. Yeah. Lips smacking thirst, quenching ace, tasting good, making good, buzzing cool, talking high, walking fast, living ever, giving cool, fizzing. Crass. So, George, uh, it's the series finale. Uh, that's, you know, not series as in the whole series. We'll, we'll hope we'll do more series. For, oh, this is, the, this is the problem when you get into that whole series season debate. Yeah. Is, you know, series finale and series finale mean two different things or can mean two different things. Mm. Is that interesting, George? <laughs> <laughs> it's the season finale. That's, that's, season you know. finale of Crass. So I thought I would uh, whip out a, another chapter of my autobiography. Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert. Actually, I'm going to get a glass of water. <laughs> Be back in a sec. Okay. Right. Okay. Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert. Chapter 201, The Worst Day of My Life. The day I graduated from Manchester Metropolitan University was, without a doubt, the worst day of my life. My time at the institution had been mostly positive, aside from a few incidents involving Tommy Norton, a right dickhead who I hated. See Chapter 157, The Cunt, and Chapter 170, The Cunt Rides Again. And at first, I was brimming with excitement for the graduation due. In my mind, it would be a day full of joy and hope, of love and warm reminiscence and anticipation for a bright future. It was then that I realised my parents would want to come too. Any high hopes I had for the ceremony went down the shitter. At this point, my parents weren't getting along very well, and they had their fair share of marriage woes. The previous summer, my mum had caught my dad sending photos of his penis to an owl sanctuary. She confronted him, and in the ensuing fight, my dad lost the use of his anus. <laughs> this left them both extremely fucked off, and their relationship was fractious from then on. I was terrified they might divorce, and I was almost certain that a long, tedious graduation ceremony might push them over the edge. Despite my fears, I told them about the ceremony, and they both seemed extremely keen to attend. Fuck, I thought in my mind. The day came, a roasting hot day in July, Roasting fucking hot, and I was dressed in graduation robes. Bloody typical. See what I mean when I call it the worst day of my life? Well, just wait, dear reader. It gets fucking worse. The graduation ceremony was held in a massive hall-type building on the outskirts of Manchester. It was next door to a sewage treatment plant and a carpet right. I didn't even know they still had those. Me and my fellow students gathered in the foyer, along with all our parents and guardians, who hovered around us like flies around a load of other flies. My parents were going on and on about where they'd need to sit during the actual ceremony and their whinging about having to sit next to each other grabbed some unwanted attention from Noddy Hopkins, another student who seemed to believe he was a modern-day Descartes, except he was actually a part-time painter and decorator and he looked more like Jimmy Nail. <laughs> he, wandered <over. laughs> he wandered over and my heart sank when I noticed that his graduation robes had a doobie stuck to them. Hello! What's your name? Are you one of Paul's little friends? My mum said, regarding Noddy Hopkins with attention he certainly didn't deserve. Noddy said nothing in return. He just closed his eyes and his head lolled in a way that might have resembled a nod if you'd never seen anybody nod before. 
Oh, say, young man, are you a film show in tow? My dad said, continuing with the frankly pointless crusade to get Noddy Hopkins to say something. Noddy opened his mouth, and for a moment I was terrified he might throw up. In the end, he just threw up words. Fucking uh, imagine if, like, there was a big fucking tree, and on one fucking branch there was, like, fucking heaven, and fucking then on the other side, like, there was fucking hell. Which one, right, would be fucking heavier? <laughs> then he wandered off, still muttering faux spiritual nonsense to himself. <laughs> Not one minute later, George Walsh wandered over. For more details on him, see chapter 101, The Truth. <laughs> he turned to my parents and in what was meant to be a cheerful tone said, Hey up, here there Paul's mum and dad, grand to meet there. <laughs> my dad looked suddenly furious. And I then remember it was only then that I remembered his hatred for Northerners, brought on by a stint in the Royal Exchange Theatre, where he dealt primarily with the needs of Liam Gallagher during his turn as Vladimir in Waiting for Godot. <laughs> Who's this dickhead, Paul? he said, blood pouring from his nose and arse. George looked offended and walked away, muttering something like <laughs> I can't remember what voice I did. Midlands twats, I wish they'd all jump here from tip bus. <laughs> I quickly forgot George when I spotted Kim Marsh no, not that one on the other side of the room she had lips that seemed to sizzle like egg on a hot wall and absolutely <laughs> massive baps I wouldn't say that I was in love with Kim Marsh because there's a chance she might be reading or listening to this right now and I don't want her thinking there's some unrequited love thing because there isn't I just like you as a friend, okay so yeah, all, all I'll say is I was really keen to talk to you her, really keen to talk to her but before I could strut over, all the students were beckoned into the main hall. Fucking typical, I thought. But who knows? Maybe I'd be sat next to her. Result! <laughs> it turned out that I wasn't allowed to sit there. It turned out that I wasn't allowed to sit next to her. And I was instead sandwiched between a big fat twat that myself and George nicknamed Dada. It's an in-joke. It would take way too long to explain here. And his stupid mate, who myself and George had nicknamed Dada's scarf mate because he was Dada's mate and he wore a scarf. The ceremony was really, really boring. Everyone went up on stage, got handed a fake diploma and shook hands with Peter Mandelson. I didn't know who Peter Mandelson was, but he looked like a cunt. Afterwards, we filed out and pretended we were all mates. <laughs> Parents took photos with us, all huddled together like a rugby team, and every one of us hated every second. I looked around desperately for some sign of Kim Marsh, but all I could see was a sea of moron students, all dressed in the same stupid robes. It made me think of that bit in the Animal Farm movie where the pigs have got jackets on. And then I saw her across the room, and she smiled at me. My heart skip, skip, skip to beat. Not because I'm in love with her, but because I really like her as a friend. I was just about to swagger over, but I was stopped again, this time by my idiot parents. Paul, can we talk outside for a minute? My mum said, in an uncharacteristically gentle way. I rolled my eyes. Ugh, fine, yes, ugh. We exited the hall-like building and stood together in the disabled parking zone. My dad gulped and then spoke in a strangely cracked voice. Paul, son, we're really proud of how you've grown up. Oh, sorry, that's northern, isn't it? <laughs> Paul, son, we're really, we're, really, we're really proud of how you've grown up. Get to the point, you old twat, I reposted, ever the witty chap. 
you're a man now, so we think it's only right that we be honest with you. My dad choked, and my mum took over the talking duties. Me and your father, we decided to get a divorce. I couldn't believe it. When? I said. <laughs> well, she replied, eight years ago. <laughs> Ten minutes later, I was sat on my own outside carpet right. My head was filled with thoughts, but there were so many and they were so complex that it would take me ages to write them all down, so I won't bother. Needed to say, I was fucked off. Surely, I thought, surely things can't get any worse. <laughs> ah, Gandhi, it's Paul Austin. Can he teach? How's graduation, Gannon? Fucking Tommy Norton emerged from the carpet right and sat down next to me. Oh, I'm having a right shitter, Tommy. Why don't you just go and have fun and leave me in peace? Oh, I saw it near that bit. Tell you what might cheer you up, lad. Bit of gossip. Oh, yeah, I said, genuinely curious. What gossip? You know that, Tom? You know that, Noddy Hopkins? Yeah. And you know that, Kim Marsh? Yes. The pork to the back of the Asda! It was definitely the worst day of my life. <laughs> Thus concludes this chapter of my autobiography. <laughs> And thus concludes this season of the podcast. Yes. Um, how, how do you, have you felt about it, George? Do you think it's gone well? It's, it's been up and down, hasn't it, I suppose? <laughs> yeah, it's ups and downs. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> no, it was, good. Um, it was dead good. It was dead good. It was dead good. It was great, yeah. Loved it. Uh, we'll be back at some point. You know, who knows? Who cares? But uh, keep your eye out because we might release something at some point. Not promising anything, not after last time. No, because last time we said we'll definitely do stuff and then just didn't. We just didn't. Couldn't be fucked. Um, this isn't totally the end, though, for this episode. I've got something to play us out with. Okay. Uh, George, so if we just, you know, if we do the usual sign-off and then yeah. leave them with that. Okie doke. Um, brilliant. So, yeah, if you want to send stuff to us while we're on a break, you can email us at uh, crasspodcast.gmail.com. Uh, where can they find us on Twitter, George? At the Crass Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Jorge Walsh. And I'm on there as at Bumbledoon. That's Bumble, D-O-O-N. So, um, yeah. Cheers, listeners. Thanks for sticking with Thank us. Thank you very if you much. Have. Uh, and cheers, George. It's been nice nice doing this again. Uh, see you soon. And to you Hopefully too. we'll have come up with some but, stuff by then. <laughs> you know, don't forget that bollocking time in about five minutes. Oh, so. fuck, yeah. Shit. All right. Um... Well, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy this little uh, little thing. Listeners, you know what they say, finish on a song. Well, who cares? Who cares? No one's listening. No one's listening. If anyone was listening, we'd get some actual, like, correspondence, <laughs> wouldn't we? No one's listening. It doesn't matter. We're just st- sitting here shouting into the void. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet. Rain upon my tongue. She fancies him at the end. In a script written by Jonathan, the guy playing Jonathan Pye, the feminist fancies Jonathan Pye in it. It's like some fucking. Imagine that! Imagine that! A thousand dreams I dreamed, the splendid things I planned were always. So it's not Crash Channel Ferry. No, why would it be called the Crash Channel Ferry? That's. Well, because it sounds like the Cross Channel Ferry. 
And only now I see how the years ran away. I'm telling you, you take the BLT to the Port Authority, then transfer to the A train. Drinking songs. Which bit is the lens? It's in front of you, you cunt. Pleasures lay in store for me. We've got a Pavelek bar. Uh, you, look, you like them, don't you, George? Desarovi Advocat. Advocat. <laughs> and youth at last ran out. Get off me back, you fat bastard. You look like if Michael McIntyre got stung by 60 bees. I can now recall concerned itself with me. Do you know what, then? I will kill myself, put my head in an oven, and that'll be your fault. And every crazy day brought something Knoppers. new to do. I used my magic age as it is probably libelous. But it's <laughs> also <laughs> probably true. <laughs> beyond the game of love I play with arrogance and pride. All celebrity chefs are thick. Yeah. Like, I mean, all they know about that's what, food is what they know about. That's yeah. all they know about. Anthony Worrell Thompson, he's an idiot. To drift away, and only I am left on stage to end the play. There are so They're kind of setting themselves up for a, for a fool. George, I think you should explain yourself. Because that's not a real saying. Tears upon my tongue. The time quiet, has come for Ran. me. I don't want the Fred box to find out, do I? You're going nowhere. I say you're going nowhere. It's like, oh, it's the, the gimmick of this podcast is it's hosted by Paul Austin and George Welch. That's the fun gimmick. <laughs> we're, st- we're getting off on the, the wrong foot here, I think. We are, just, you're right, we are. We just are. start again. Just say. All right. Just uh, just do whatever you want. I don't know.